They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up? What is up? What is up? SoundCloud.com, iTunes in the house. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita here with you. It's the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast. What's up, Johnny Meats? Not much, man. It's an exciting time in Philly right now. The uh, the draft is upon us, and uh, people are all fired up. However, people are also angry because the traffic delays are going to be monumental, and you're also going to take into the fact that the pen relays are also this weekend, Jeez. which is which is kind of crazy. So uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it'll be epic down there on the Ben Franklin Parkway for sure. Are you going to be anywhere near the draft during the draft on behalf of the Brotherly Love podcast and possibly booing first round selections? Well, uh, if you know our media credentials are able to, yeah, they're on the way. To get in there. They're on the way. Should be should be here any day now. Yeah, I think I'll be standing right next to Kyle Scott from Crossing Broad. That you know, guy. We'll be on the yeah, we'll be on the Schuylkill River, perhaps, and maybe a, uh, one of those dragon boats. Shots fired. Trying to take, try, trying to take in the coverage. Now, I, if I could get a seat in the theater, you know, I'd put in for all the sweet steaks and everything else. If I could get a uh, somewhat decent seat, I, I just think it's going to be absolute mayhem. Not that it wouldn't be fun as hell, but I think it's a little too crazy for me. I what? think I'll just... Uh, Enjoy it on the television like everybody else. Before we uh, dive into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which again have been outstanding through round one, round two kicks off probably about the time most of you are listening to this podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Again, Joe Donald, John Mita, the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BeLovePodcast. But uh, before we jump into the Stanley Cup playoffs, we've got to talk a lot about the draft. Uh, you and I have been kind of saving some of this conversation for a long time, my friend, is once the Eagles season was starting to wind down last year or playoffs weren't in the cards, uh, the, the first thing a lot of fans turned to were free agency and the draft. And obviously the Eagles have a ton of needs. Um, but I want to start before we get into some of John Meadis' picks because I've always enjoyed the guys off the grid, the central, eastern, southern Michigan wide receiver nobody's heard of that you've been watching tape on. Um, I want to I ask you about the philosophy for the Eagles. Because I know that Joe Douglas, this is the first chance, by all accounts, Joe Douglas, the new personnel guy in town uh, over the last few months, it's going to be his draft for the most part. Now, he has said there'll be other voices in the room, obviously. It's not only him, but he's a guy that came up through the Baltimore uh, Ravens organization, working with uh, Ozzie Newsome, one of the uh, most well-regarded draft gurus, draft minds that there there have been in recent years. Um, I don't necessarily understand why. Ozzie Newsom gets such credit. I don't think that the Ravens have drafted flawlessly in the, in their franchise history or exceptionally well over the last few years, but he's a guy that it's, at least has some input or some expertise from a, how another organization handles things. And I, I, 
to me, recently been reading a lot about Joe Douglas, what he's going to bring to the draft room, and how a lot of times the decision might fall, or at least part of the decision is going to fall at his feet. What are your thoughts there, Johnny Mita? It'll be completely interesting to see how much, I don't know if we could use this word power, that Howie Rosen's going to give Joe Douglas in the room. Now, it turns out from all likelihood, he is the guy that is setting up the so-called draft board. So essentially, he's going to rate the top 100 guys, or I don't know how big, the, I'm sure the board's a little bigger than that. But And he's going to set it up. Bottom line is there's going to have to be a huge discussion between the sides but how much is Howie going to be willing to listen to what Joe Douglas has to say? I mean, that is the million-dollar question around town here is, is Howie going to relinquish some of that so that we can, a.k.a., trust a, you know, cliche, a football guy in Joe Douglas who's been around organizations like the Ravens who've had some good draft success. So it, it's going to be really interesting, and, the shenanigans, the stuff that has gone on in the last couple of days with people failing drug tests, and now there's a sexual assault and then a domestic assault. I mean, the board, and now, you know, quarterbacks are shooting up the board. Uh, the one thing to keep an eye on is the Eagles have never drafted like a first round running back. So the question is do they do something totally out of the box? And that leads me to something that you said or you mentioned on. One of our previous podcasts is that you think Howie Roseman is going to do something, uh, you know, crazy or something. I think he's going to do some typical Howie, Howie esque, which is make it about him. The draft's in yeah. Philadelphia. There's no shot in hell the Eagles go right through seven rounds with nothing that's going to be a headline, nothing that ESPN's not going to run with. I mean, they are going to make some noise somewhere, whether that's trading a player on their roster, whether that's acquiring a higher draft pick, whether that's making the move of the draft. There's not a shot in hell, in my opinion, the Eagles go through this three-day process quietly, especially given the fact that it's in Philadelphia. Now, if you're running a football team, should you give a damn where the draft is? Not at all. If it's on Mars, if it's in Afghanistan, if it's in your backyard, you should approach the draft the same way. We all know that successful franchises would do such. However, the Eagles have proven they're not exactly that successful. They know that the people of Philadelphia want something to talk about. Howie Roseman will deliver over the draft weekend. The good thing is, the way the quarterbacks, if you're Eagles fans, I mean, you want as many quarterbacks to be taking as soon as possible because that means some really good type of talent is going to split to you. But it's the domino effect. It's one person makes this move or somebody has their eye on a particular prospect and they want to move up in the draft and people are trading back. And I, I'm always intrigued by it. I'm, I'm kind of nuts. Like, I could sit here. And watch it. I watch a ton of college football, so I'm kind of a little weird. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't wait for it. And uh, I, I just hope they get it right. I just hope they get it right. And this is a camp low pick here for this franchise, okay? You need to hit on this pick. Not only do you need to hit on this pick, and I've said it in the past, like in your first two and three rounds, like not only do you have the five starters, to find starters for your football team, but you have to find maybe some guys that can turn out to be all pros. That's how you build, you know, winning culture, a winning organization, and that's what they mean. So they're they're in some good spots, but it's time to uh, 
to just make the right pick. And God, I, it's going to be, I, I don't know what, it's going to be crazy. Like, because if they come out and pick someone known, it, it, it'll just, the place, you know, the town might get set on fire. Well, so. let's, let's jump right into it then. They own the number 14 pick from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, then they won the coin uh, toss, of course, against the right. Colts uh, to, to secure up 14 rather than the number 15 pick. Of course, Eagles wouldn't have a first round draft pick if they didn't trade Sam to the Vikings because they gave up they gave up 712 picks for the Ginger General. I've moved on. Um, second round pick number 43, third round pick number 99, part of that uh, Baltimore Ravens swap there for your boy Tim Jernigan. Um, two fourth rounders, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. What is all right, I guess start with this, Johnny Mita. The overall philosophy for the Eagles, are they going to seven picks? Is it going to be five offense, two defense? Where do you think kind of the theme of their draft will be? Or do you think that they literally play this thing round by round, pick by pick? Ooh, that is a tremendous question. Again, I think the first round, they really see the chips where they fall. Uh, this draft is so deep in cornerback, so I could see them possibly obtaining a weapon for Carson Wentz early. And then I, I could definitely see, like, the next, I don't know, three, four picks be on the defensive side of the football. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. I see it's either, it's you know, possibly unless they go all defense for the first two rounds and then possibly they pick up, like, a running back in the third or perhaps a wide receiver. But I think it might be two playmakers and the rest defensive players, in my opinion. All right. And, so. and- First round, fourteenth overall. Give me your your yeah. your wish, you know nah, your wish okay. list. The guy, the guy, the Eagles. If John Mead is drafting and he's available, who are the Eagles taking with number fourteen? I mean, if this guy's available, and it's got to be Reuben Foster uh, from Alabama. And I know he's had a diluted drug sample, and he's not starting off on the right foot. Now, I don't know what this guy did before the combine. You got to question it because. You know you're going to get tested, so the decision making process wasn't really there at the time. But if I'm if I'm there, if he, if Ruben Foster's sitting on the board, I don't know how you pass on this guy. You know he's drawing comparisons to Ray Lewis and some of the other great linebackers that have played in the National Football League, and the guy is just flat out nasty. He brings that passion, that intensity, I guess that fear. Okay, because offenses that are and look at it. The Cowboys and the Giants have really, really good, you know, offenses. We need that X factor. That guy like Brian Dawkins, who, when everybody knew it, when he was coming to town, you knew that you were going to have to play your best football. And this guy's flat out nasty. He doesn't like people. He's fast. He can move from side to side. He can, he can do everything. He's a three-down linebacker, and I think he would fit perfect next to uh, Jordan Hicks. And probably I'd probably keep Hicks in the middle and then move maybe Foster to the outside because he is a little more undersized. But that would be – he would be my number one. My number two would be Corey Davis uh, from Western Michigan. I've been riding the coattails of this guy. Joe, you probably have not heard this story yet. But uh, last night he took to Twitter and kind of gave a little hint that he might be uh, coming to the Eagles' nest, so to speak, on his Twitter account. Um, so – He's a guy comparable that to me, as far as body type goes, and he's kind of like a Tell Owens type, 6'3", runs fast, is a precise route runner. That's what I like about this guy. I love Mike Williams from Clemson, too, but when you look at a guy like Corey Davis, 
This is a guy that can get separation from press coverage. And what he can also do is, because his route running is so good, that gives him other opportunities. You also got to look at versatility with a guy like Corey Davis. He can play on the outside and he can play on the inside. So if the birds pull the trigger at 14, there's a strong possibility that Jordan Matthews might not be on this football team and they might trade him. So, um, All right, hang on a second. I'm glad you brought it up because we haven't talked about it. And you know what? That could that could be Howie's move. That could be the blockbuster Howie pulls off that I'm predicting again will occur. Why the hell is Jordan Matthews on the trade block? Can somebody please explain this to me? Please. Yeah, well, the forum is yours. Uh, okay, all right. This is why I think he's on the trade block. Okay, he's been a very good NFL receiver. But we have learned this thing is he can play the slot. That's okay? fine. Right? Yeah. All right. But what I'm saying is, you can get anybody to play the slot. Can you? The slot is, well, not anybody. Can you? But let's put it this way. It's easier to find a slot receiver than it is to find good wide receivers. I agree. I agree. All right. Now, tell me this. Who on the current roster plays the slot if it's not Jordan Matthews? He's not on the current roster. He's okay. a far-fetched pick that I'll be getting to if you give me a chance. I will. I will give you a chance. <laughs> but I'm tired of this Jordan Matthews is on the block nonsense. I understand at some point you might have to pay him more than you want to pay him, okay? But at the end of the day, that's up to the, you know, that's what Howie gets paid the salary cap numbers for. Um, you know, the, the the geek squad analytics guy that Howie Roseman is, that's why he gets paid all the money he does. Sweeping the floor after Chip Kelly left his office and figuring out the contracts. That's Howie Roseman's cup of tea. I don't understand why you would take the best wide receiver on this football team over the last three seasons and trade him. You better be getting something back in return. And again, what are you going to do? You're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round and then get rid of a guy who's a proven NFL wide receiver? I just hope to God they don't, you know, screw up one area where they might actually finally have some wealth, the wide receiver position, by trading away basically their only homegrown, uh, homegrown wide receiver worth a damn. Yeah, I mean, I understand your concerns, but I really think they can find a slot receiver in the draft in a later round. They could be even more effective, possibly, than Jordan Matthews. And I'll give you that guy, and then you can go look up the tape, and then we'll probably get another argument off air. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) There's a lot of good wide receivers, but I want to ask you about Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey Uh, happens to be sitting there at 14, Do you draft the white Brian Westbrook? <laughs> you know what? I've always been a fan of this guy, man. I always thought you know he deserved the highs, and I guess it wasn't. I guess maybe last year. Um, but or did he win the Heisman? I don't know. But anyway. No, he, he didn't, but he, he should have. Yeah. Right. Um, who did win the Heisman last year? Was it Watson? Is it Jeremy Bloom? Oh. Are you thinking of Jeremy no, Bloom? No. Is Christian was, McCaffrey the next Jeremy so Bloom? No. No, this guy. No, this guy's got it all. No, I mean this guy's got. First of all, his dad was Lamar impactful. Jackson was the 2016 Lamar Jackson, yeah, Heisman exactly. Trophy winner. Just came to me late. Yeah, Derrick Henry Again. in 2015. Right. So basically, and you could have, and even in 2015, he probably had a shot. His numbers were probably better than Derrick Henry's. But anyway, I like this guy a lot. The thing is, he is so versatile. You can put him in, you know, granted, Poopy Peterson, as you call him, okay, he's not going to be a guy that's going to run the ball 25 to 30 times a game, okay? 
We all know that. But if this kid could get 18 to 22 carries, you could put him out in the passing game slot. He is a fantastic route runner, obviously, because of his dad. He was a great route runner. But this kid has the mock. He ran the fastest 40 out of any running back at the combine. So it's not like this guy lacks speed. Some people say, oh, you know, he's kind of a smaller guy. People have questioned his durability. Uh, that doesn't seem to be an issue. He's carried the ball in his career in 30 over seven times. He's had over 30 carries. I like the guy a lot. If he's there, it'd be hard to pass. I mean, the three guys, if you're looking at the old John Mita top three, depending on who's available, uh, I don't think Christian McCaffrey. The problem is I don't think he's going to get out of the top ten picks. I really think if Jacksonville takes Leonard Fournette at four, I think McCaffrey goes to Carolina at eight to give Cam Newton a weapon. So he probably won't be in the discussion. But if we were ranking my top three, it would probably be Reuben Foster, Corey Davis, and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey had 632 carries in his career, uh, 253 this past season. He's a guy that uh, is very explosive, obviously. You mentioned he goes six foot 200, the Colorado native. I, I don't know. You take any, you, you drop his stock at all, John Mita, for missing the, the bowl game to get ready for his NFL future. No, because you look at a guy that the Cowboys drafted last year, the kid from Notre Dame, Smith, Jalen Smith. And if you told him. <laughs> You're going to blow out your leg in the national championship, and they're not going to get selected to like the third round. He'd say, I wouldn't play in it. Yeah. I really don't. It's hard. I mean, these kids have, I can't fault them for it. I mean, I understand, like, here's my thing. If you're playing in, like, I would say, if you were in the, let's say, the round of four, you know, now that we have the college playoff, if you're in one of those bowl games where your team is depending on you, and something like that, um, I, I would say, I would say, okay, then these guys have to play. But if you're playing in the Alamo Bowl or the, you know, or the www.com, nobody cares bowl, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Because, I mean, essentially, listen, this is their future job. I mean, this is what it is. I mean, you can't deny them that. And, the NFL has rule policies where you get you have to be of a certain age to, and I just think like, no, I don't fault them at all for it. I really don't. All right, I want to I want to question your two other guys, Ruben Foster, um, yeah. and and then um, Corey Davis. Corey Davis didn't play against good enough competition. You say what? The, the numbers don't lie. Okay, the four year starter. Just 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 look at his ability on the football field. He went against Wisconsin, who had one of the better secondaries in a bowl game, ended up having over 100 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, if he was in a different conference, you know, look where Jerry Rice came from. Okay. okay, look where Randy Moss came from. Did his conference matter? No. Reuben Foster has a drug issue. You say what? If it's marijuana, everybody in the league smokes marijuana. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just calling it for what no, it is. No. I, exactly, and and here's but, here's my but, idea. What? You'd be damn sure if I'm the general manager of this football team. Okay, I'm not incentivizing the hell out of this contract where he doesn't. You know, there's no blunders. We can get out of the contract if he gets suspended for a year, similar to how Lane Johnson just absolutely took a sword and stuck it in this football team last year, 
you got to put in those preventive measures so that you don't get burned if this guy doesn't turn out. But if you pass on a kid like Ruben Foster and then he becomes a 10-time pro bowler and you were like, yeah, eh, you know, we're questioning his pot. Well, a lot of people question Randy Moss and his background, smoking pot. He's in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people question Warren Sapp and he got trouble with some drugs and he's in the Hall of Fame. So I'm not saying it's not an issue, but I'm also saying is give him a second. He's already going to be in the substance abuse program. So he's already on the watch list. If he's too stupid to figure out that he's not going to be watched and he's an absolute idiot. Yeah. And and here's the deal. Here's my take on all this with these failed drug tests and these diluted samples. Ruben Foster was not sick when he flew from San Diego to Indianapolis and hydrating himself more than normal. Okay. You don't drink eight to 10 bottles of water when you're sick in a, in a quick span. You drink eight to 10 bottles of water to dilute your sample so you pass a drug test, or at least you come back questionable from the drug test, meaning they can't give a result and you live to fight another day. All right. The last time I checked, if you're sick, you don't drink a ton of water. It's going to make you puke for crying out loud. If your stomach's upset, the last thing you're doing is pouring a ton of stuff in there. Now, maybe if you're battling back from the flu, maybe you're trying to hydrate. Pedialyte, I get it, but come on. Might have been born at night. Certainly wasn't last night. So this Reuben Foster spin, give me a break. His camp should have been smarter about it. Reuben should have been smarter about it. Knowing damn well, you get out in front of this. You don't wait till the diluted sample comes back and then go, hey, oh, bye. Oh, he, you know what? I was drinking a lot of fluids lately. Yeah, you were drinking a lot of fluids so that the sample came back shady so that you couldn't fail it. And at least again, you live to fight another day. That's my take on all that. All right, John Mita, your chance here, my friend. Give me some guys off the radar Eagles fans should keep their eyes on. Well, I mean, these guys, a couple guys that are off the radar, I don't know. Well, the one thing is, you know how much I love a guy like Kevin King, and he was the cornerback from Washington. All counts are he's going to be a first-rounder. But don't be surprised if a guy like Christian McCaffrey falls to them at, you know, at 14. Don't be surprised if they take the corner from Washington, who was going to be a top-15 draft pick all day long, Sidney Jones, in the second round with that 43 overall pick. I could certainly see that coming. Another guy you got to be aware of, a guy who I like a lot is, his name is James Conner. He's a he's a running back from the University of Pittsburgh. He's actually a cancer survivor. The kid is a total beast. Um, he's told all the teams that he was at 60% last year. He's battled through chemotherapy. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The guy's a total warrior. I think, actually, he kind of reminds me, if we're going to give a pro comparison, he kind of reminds me of Ryan Matthews a lot. Obviously not with the injury history, but so that's a guy to keep an eye on in the third round for the Eagles. And let me give you my wide receiver. Yeah, please. Slot been waiting okay. ten, I've been waiting 10 minutes for this. Ah, ready? Ryan Switzer from the University of North Carolina. He's the next coming of West Welker. Does he friend. play basketball? If he's a Tar Heel, he should play basketball. No. He's 5'8", about a buck eighty. He's the carbon copy of Wes Walker, but he runs a faster 40, and he's stronger, and he also is an excellent puck returner. I'm getting, we- I'm getting Wes Walker on next week's podcast, so, so you can tell him this kid's stronger. Oh, uh, yeah. Get, get Wes Walker. <laughs> I'll come all day long. I'll come all day long. I put up 225 11 times, man. 180 pounds. This kid's 
Look at his That's posture. impressive. He looks like he looks like Popeye, but no, I'm serious. Like this guy is a is a great prospect as far as the slot receiver goes. All right, give it, give, give our fan give our fans all give all six listeners his name one more time. Okay. Ryan Switzer. Is he related to Barry? I, you know what? I think I think it might be like his nephew. No, I'm not kidding. No, oh, then he has to then stay away. Stay away at all accounts. <laughs> no, man, just look at the highlights, thumbs up. Go on YouTube tonight when you're bored. I can't take a look at this kid's highlight, man. He's pretty electric, and I think he'd be a dynamic slot receiver if we could throw him on those goofy end of rounds that we love to run. I'm telling you, man, this is the guy in the fourth or fifth round. Ryan Switzer. It's his cousin. How are they how are they cousins? Uh, I, think, I don't know. His dad, his father's, I don't know. His father's. Barry dad. Switzer's cousin, Ryan Switzer. Oh, stay away. Stay away, Dude, Eagles. Stay away. There's a lot of guys. Actually, you know, he's been the worst Cowboys coach over the last. Did he win a Super Bowl? Yeah, damn right. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, the other big story, too, is Joe, and this, is, this pertains to Eagles fans, because obviously. Um, the Eagles, they have a huge need at the cornerback position. And Gary Conley, who was a corner that the Eagles, I think, worked out, brought him in, yeah. was on their board, you know, just recently has come out. He's been accused of sexual assault, raping a girl in a Cleveland hotel a couple weeks ago. So he automatically goes off the board. You know, there's still the Joe Mixon talk. You know, the Eagles take a shot on him in the second round. What are your thoughts on Joe Mixon, Joe? We'd love to get your opinion on it. Well, because, I, you I, know, it sounds like the Eagles have a little bit of interest there. I did love uh, – let me – I got to find the tweet for you here. Um, real quick, here, here's my overall philosophy. Do not draft defense in the first round. Do not draft a cornerback in the first round, okay? The way this division is rolling right now – it's all offense, especially if LeGarrette Blunt signs a short-term deal with the New York football giants. you got to keep up with the Joneses. Alshon Jeffries on a one-year deal. Darren Sproles is at the end of his career, one season left. For Christ's sake, draft some skill players immediately. Number 14 overall better either be O.J. Howard, the tight end from Alabama, Christian McCaffrey, or any of these receivers that are worth a damn. Book it. You can wait on defense, for crying out loud. Who do you want? Who is your number one selection at 14? Well, I'd love Christian McCaffrey. I just don't know if he's going to be available. Yeah. You know, take a cornerback 43rd, take cornerback 99, then start to plug up the offensive line. Oh, God. What about a pass rusher? Jesus. Pass rusher? I think our offense. That's what your boy Chris Long is for. That's what your boy Tim Jernigan's for. They signed those guys, stop gaps, so they can figure it out. Plus, you got. uh, what about Joe Walker crazy, coming back, baby? Ah, uh, Joe Walker. Joey Walker. Ah, uh, the myth of Joe Walker. All I right. can't wait. Here we go. Fake, <laughs> fake WIP caller on Twitter. At fake WIP caller. This guy's great on Twitter. He says on uh, April 24th, draft Joe Mixon, exclamation point. I'll be at the link in September with a Mixon jersey and a sign that says, quote, she shoved him first, end quote. Yeah. Those are my takes on Joe, Joe Mixon right there. Well, well said, Jeff. You said nothing. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you want? I mean, if the guy has a history of domestic abuse or abuse to women, unfortunately, you have to stay the hell away. I you know, don't agree. 
I don't disagree with you. I mean, you just look. The Eagles have gone down this path before. All right, they've had a racist yep. in Riley Cooper. They've had a dog killer in Michael Vick. They've got Nigel Bradham, who's checkered past last year, albeit some very minor things from the from a legal standpoint, nearly derailed the season, became a distraction. You can't afford distractions. The Patriots thrive on no distractions, all right? Joe Mixon, the second you say his name, the second Roger Goodell announces him, is an automatic distraction. And on top of that, he's got to be a bad dude. You don't do stuff like that. I don't even read the story. If he pushed a woman, if he hit a woman, if he did it once, he's pretty much a bad dude. That's a tough stigma to shake. So all seriousness, all joking aside, you know, you got to stay away from a guy like that. Guy wants to smoke a little bit of chronic, whatever. Guy wants to start hitting women or get himself into trouble, sexual assault allegations. You're, you're, you're asking for trouble drafting that guy. If he goes on to be a 10-time pro bowler, so be it. I'm too shy, man. I mean, I agree with you. These guys, that's just, I mean, and how about that? There's a defensive tackle from Florida. You know, he hit a woman, knocked her unconscious. He was going to be a second-round pick from Kenneth Brantley, Caleb Brantley. Now he might not even get drafted overall. My question is, like, where are the agents? Where are the people telling these guys, yo, look, like, chill the hell out. Like, but to hit a woman and, like, you're, you weigh 300 pounds. Yeah. When you, especially with all the stuff that Mixon's been going through, like, how does that guy, I mean, Well, they haven't learned anything. Look at Ray Rice. Ray Rice ruined his career. It may have been on the downside anyway. Ray Rice, his career is over. And he's definitely got blackballed. Yeah. And and if you're, you know, or if you're looking, if you're looking at Colin Kaepernick, okay? Yep. You know, a a totally different situation. But you have to look. The NFL is a business, man. They don't wait around for you. They do not wait around for you. No organization, the league, the fans, nobody gives a damn. They don't care what you've done. It's what you're going to do or what you're about to do. Meaning, you keep your nose clean, you got a chance. You mess up, guess what? The league moves on. Next Sunday, there's a game, and you ain't out there. Yep. All right, anything else before we jump Stanley Cup playoffs? I'll give you a quick dear God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, please, please do. Please do. New segment, new segment. Dear God. Dear God. Let Thursday night be the night where we change our fortunes as a football team and bring on some type of playmaker to transform this offense and give this young kid, this young stud, our franchise quarterback, everything he needs to do to uh, tear the NFL up and fill in the pieces. And dear God, my last dear God for this draft, could we please find some diamonds in the rough like these other organizations <laughs> where they have these fourth or sixth rounders and they turn out to be all pros. Like, we have none of that going on, ever, ever. So hopefully with Joe Douglas and some new, some new blood in the room, okay, please, please find some diamonds in the rough. You know, why not us? That's all I'm saying. Dear God, why not us? <laughs> oh, I love it. Well said. All right, Stanley Cup playoffs. Round two starts about the time you are listening or downloading this fine podcast, the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com and iTunes. Well, I'll say this, Johnny Mita, the the Western Conference of the National Hockey League is all shook up because Chicago was out. 
Uh, Minnesota is out a 100-point team. And San Jose, last year's representative of the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup Final, they gone. Uh, it's kind of chaos. Right now, you have Edmonton and Anaheim squaring off. You've got Nashville and St. Louis squaring off in the Western Conference. In the East, the Rangers and the Senators made it on to round two. And the Pens and the Caps square off for the umpteenth time in playoff uh, recent playoff uh. memory. Uh, Ovechkin's going to have to slay that Crosby dragon, my friend, if he's going to advance to the conference final. So, again, the matchups are set. It's been outstanding. Was it 18 first-round overtime games? I think, the again, the most shocking thing is that Chicago was swept, Minnesota was bounced in five, and San Jose got handled by a very young uh, Edmonton team. Now, not young to the standpoint that they don't have guys that have been there done that. Look no further uh, than their head coach and Todd McClellan. Um, but they have guys that have playoff experience, so they're not super young, but their star power is young. Again, it's a young man's game, so maybe shouldn't be too shocked there. But those are the matchups. St. Louis and Nashville, Anaheim and Edmonton, Pittsburgh and the Caps, Rangers and the Sens. Who are you taking? Well, my prediction has already been ruined. Chicago got bounced. I mean, they got absolutely destroyed by Nashville. I mean, they couldn't even score goals, which was just completely shocking to me due to the fact that how much firepower they have on their team. It's going to be crazy. I mean, your prediction's still alive. It's, please, another Dear God segment would be Alex Ovechkin, can he please slay the Pittsburgh Penguins? Because I just can't conceivably go on if they're advancing again. But I, I still think it's Ovechkin's year. I see them moving on. Between the Rangers and the Senators, I'm going to have to go with the Rangers. It seems like they found a little magic, and they talk, they took out a uh, a pretty tough Montreal team. Yeah. And Henrik Lundqvist has just been – he was exceptional in that series. Uh, unbelievable. As far as the West goes, man, talk about a big coin flip out West. But St. Louis looks strong, but is it – but I think the most experienced team left is the Anaheim Ducks, and can they put it together? However, I think their goaltending can be a little spotty. So, whew, I don't know. I think I, I'm going to go with a. Uh, I think I'm going to go now with an Anaheim Washington final. But okay, all right, yeah. So who so, you, who you got winning Nashville St Louis? Nashville St Louis. I'm going to go with the St Louis Blues. All right, on that. I'm going to take the. Uh... Well, I'll say this. The Pittsburgh Penguins aren't repeating because my repeat theory has been intact minus the National Basketball Association since the late 90s. wasn't my theory at the time. It's my theory now. It's most people's theory. It's damn impossible, uh, damn near impossible to repeat. So you heard it here first. Don't worry, Flyers fans. Sidney Crosby will not hoist the Stanley Cup over his head come this June. I'll take the caps. Uh, I will say this, though. The road in the West now... There's no scary team. I, I, I think you. I think it's fair to say that the favorite has to be whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference. I certainly didn't want to root for the St. Louis Blues to defeat the Minnesota Wild. When we had our last podcast, I was kind of just spitballing, looking at the standings. Uh, tried to go a little bit off the board there as we talked about with my St. Louis going to the finals pick. But the St. Louis Blues are a very interesting story because they have a goaltender playing better than he should. They have a lot of scoring up front. They have some veteran experience, and on top of that, they've got a head coach that came on midseason. Now, Mike Yo was on the Blues bench to start the year, but we've seen recently teams that fire their coach 
and the interim coach or the replacement coach leads them to success. We saw it last year with the Penguins. I think the Blues got a little magic going right now. I'll stick with them to prevail against Nashville. Anaheim and Edmonton, I'd love to see the Oilers move on because they have such a young, exciting team. And Connor McDavid might be the best player in hockey, certainly the most explosive player in the NHL. So I'd like to see them move on. But boy, Anaheim dispatched Calgary with such ease, and that was a good Flames team. Uh, Hard for me to make a pick there. I guess from a fan standpoint, I'd like to see Edmonton move on. But I think Anaheim will probably prevail. Your veteran point, uh, veteran point there, pretty good. So I'll take St. Louis, Anaheim, the Rangers, and the Caps to uh, move on to the conference finals, and we'll see how we do next time we got a podcast. What do you think about uh, a quick tidbit? It was a big story a couple nights ago. What do you think about baseball and teams taking reparation after one of their stars or a player gets kind of involved in a dirty play? Manny Machado slid into Dustin Pedroia. Next thing you know, the team takes reparation the next night. They're throwing at his head and, you know, stuff's about to go down. That's so. baseball, man. Wanna... The game's been the same. Hey. It's it's never changed. That's you know, true. even That's hockey's true. changed. Even hockey now with the enforcer, they kind of phase that part out of the game. Um, now, you know, it's really – they've changed the rules to keep that from happening again. Baseball hasn't changed a damn thing. They don't just boot guys. Kick, start kicking guys out of the game if you want that out of the game. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? No, I Dirty slide, boom, you're gone. Throw at the guy the yeah. next inning, boom, you're gone. No warnings. No warnings for the manager. Yeah. No warnings for the bullpen. Just start booting guys. And guaranteed, baseball players are so soft, they'll, uh, they'll remember the next series around. You play these teams freaking 60 times, exactly. get them next year. Take a number, as they say in hockey. <laughs> I love it. All right, All right brother. Always fun. a pleasure. Even though you're wrong on half the things you said, I still love you. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. But guess what? Guess what? That meant you were right the other half. Well, we'll see. I just, you know, hopefully these guys, I think, you know, the Eagles should pick. Hopefully they do pick them because if they become stars somewhere else, I'm tired of saying it. I'm just going to walk into the front office <laughs> and just have a chat with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> put my put my resume, throw my hat in yeah. the ring, man. Dear God, I'm t- dear God, give me an interview with the Eagle Scouting Department. I know I can do better. <laughs> Love it, brother. Enjoy the draft. You got it. You too, man. Hopefully, we're calm and celebration. And you know what I want to hear too? What's that? I want to hear Mel Piper. You know, with all the product in his hair. Oh yeah. Just saying. And you know, he stole this draft. That city of brotherly love. The Eagles had the best draft by far of any organization. I want to hear that from everybody. And you know okay. what I want? You know what I want? What's I that? want the fans to represent the way I know the fans will represent, which is yeah. lots of booing every time the Cowboys pick. I don't care if it's the seventh round and you're drunk. Boo them. Every time yeah. Goodell comes up, embarrass them. Because why not? <laughs> Chicago, Chicago did it. They caught no flack. Uh. You wait. National media will kill the Philadelphia fans over the next 96 hours. You'll see some tweets like, oh, really hospitable here by the Eagles. But the fans will get blasted by the national media for just doing their job, which is being passionate fans. You watch. Well, I just just saw Ed Mandel on the National or the uh, NFL Network, and he's like, all right, Eagles fans, do your best job here. He's like, but please, nobody wear a Santa Claus costume to the (laughs) draft. Please don't wear a Santa Claus costume. Uh, Wear the light. Wear the light. Love it. All right, Uh, dude. uh, I'll holler at you. 
You got it, buddy. Another great show. As always, what number is this? Ooh, 86-ish. Yeah, man. Getting there. All right, it's the, bro- it's the Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes. What up, what up? Download us. Follow us on Twitter, B Love Podcast. For Johnny Mead Joe O'Donnell. Till next time, go birds. We'll see. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.